I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's the Clash of the Titans terrifying Halloween countdown special. <laughs> Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common. Go head-to-head to see which one does it better. The results are in for the finale of our Halloween countdown specials. In the red corner, Stranger Danger. As Roald Dahl's terrifying book warning children about taking gifts from adults they don't know gets turned into a kid's movie albeit the kind of kids movie you only show your little ones if you want to permanently scar them and make them forever suspicious of women who wear wigs from 1990. It's The Witches. From the incredible imagination of Jim Henson and director Nicholas Rogue comes a fascinating new fantasy adventure. The Witches. For when a little boy accidentally stumbles into their secret world, he finds they've got a lot more power than he ever imagined. While in the blue corner, we're in Salem, Massachusetts, where a child called Max, who is a virgin, has only gone and lit the black candle, the bloody idiot, thus summoning a trio of troublesome 300-year-old witches. Now Max, who, as the film reminds us repeatedly, is a virgin, has to stop them from sucking the life force from kids. From 1993, it's Hocus Pocus. The bones and then the back. Back in 1693, the people of Salem, Massachusetts, witches, thought they got rid of the Sanderson sisters for good. Uh, We shall be back. (laughs) 300 years later, it's Halloween Eve, and they're back. So what connects these two films, and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's the Clash of the Titles Halloween Special Finale. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. I smell dogs' droppings. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome... To this week's Halloween countdown finale, as the Witchers faces off against Hocus Pocus in our War of the Witchers. A quick reminder how this works. We had a witch-themed poll on Twitter. Uh, if you haven't joined us on Twitter, it's at ClashPod. Do get involved in the discussion on there. So Chris suggested Bedknobs and Broomsticks versus The Wizard of Oz. Victoria had Teen Witch versus The Craft, which both lost out to my choices, The Witchers and Hocus Pocus. How do you feel about those results? Gutted. You got more than 50% of the vote. 
It was a landslide. It's it's no. Um, if you look at the number of votes, you do it as a percentage loss. Mm. It's not such a big deal. I guess all I'm going to say is it's not a popularity contest no. between the three of us. Not we, a I contest. think me, where me and Chris have gone, we've split the vote. I guess we have. And I'm not annoyed about that. It's the fact that you get a week off from having to present a film. Yeah, I do. More work for the pair of us. It's been really good. It's been very, a very relaxing weekend for me. Uh, but I am really happy to be talking about these movies. Uh, we'll get on to why in a second. Uh, but uh, we did have some nice comments on Twitter, didn't we, Chris? Yes, uh, I was going to save them for the verdict at the end of the next episode. But do you want to do want that? Me... I just thought it was nice. It was a nice way to, to to warm up, to sort of reintroduce the fact that, you know, we're back. Sure. You know, again. Okay, let me find... <laughs> Weekly. Let me find the comments. So we asked, as we're going to have to do our verdict later in the show, or the Thursday show, we asked the audience to pick what their favourite was. Mm. Uh, Carly said, The witches will always be my favourite. It terrified me as a kid and still does today. The prosthetics are incredible and Angelica Houston is mesmerising. Uh, Chris says, Hocus Pocus still to this day is my favourite film. Halloween wouldn't be the same without it. The older I've got, the more I side with the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> um, Lewis says, The witches because I would watch it with my nana when I was wee and the painting business freaked me right out. And finally, Caleb says, hands down, has to be Hocus Pocus. Sarah Jessica Parker's character is brilliant and the story is perfect for who it is aimed at. You see, that's why I wanted you to do it now, because it sounds like we have a real fight on our hands here. That's 50-50. 50-50. I'm interested to see which way we're going to go. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who want Hocus Pocus, a lot of people who want The Witches. And we're going to find out. Shall we start with some connections between these two movies? What are the connections you two have? Uh, women can smell children. <laughs> yep. Yeah, which is smelling kids. <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> same, same thing. Yeah. Um, I got witch's ability to sniff out a child. <laughs> <laughs> films that think belching is funny. You are belching both films for laughs, and I'm, I don't find it that funny. You know, you know that about me. Belching is funny. It is. I'm not going to do one now. I'm not going to lower myself to that. <laughs> but too. The thought crossed my mind as I sit here you drinking. Could do it. You're drinking I'm, um, a Tory Fanta. <laughs> it is a San Pellegrino Aranciata. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like so. I said. Yeah. Tory Fanta. <laughs> um, I've got talking animals, basic, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Witches turning into green smoke, both films. They turn into green smoke when they die. I guess there's a lot of witch tropes in here, aren't there, that yeah. are, are common to most witch films. Mm-hmm. Uh, blanket snuggles. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Luke's parents die in The Witches, he climbs under that blanket with Granny for a little oh, snuggle. Yeah. And uh, Max and Alison, when they think the job is done, it isn't. Spoiler. They get a little bit of a snuggle on under a blanket as well. Blanket snuggles. There's one. That's not a witch trope. It's a blanket trope. <laughs> uh, any more? No. No. Um, Witches love an audience is the final one I've got. In both movies, the head witch bloody loves being in front of a crowd. She can't get enough of it. Sing along or lecture on formula, whichever it is, <laughs> they love an audience. Um, and that's about it. That's about it I've got for connections. So uh, shall we get on with this then? Let's dive in. All right. I hope I got this right because I kind of forgot. So I'm really rolling the dice in who's got what movie. Uh, just by a show of hands, who is doing The Witchers? Thank fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, then. Uh, so it was my poll, which means I, as I obviously know, gave Chris the Witchers and Victoria Hocus Pocus. We do it chronologically, which means from 1990, the Witchers goes first. Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, take us on a journey. The Witchers is about a group of women. Let's call them witches for simplicity's sake who don't want to live according to traditional gender stereotypes. You can never be sure if it's a witch you are looking at or a kind lady. They are unmarried, they don't believe in the patriarchy, they wear sensible shoes and they don't want children. Trouble is, they are taking quite an extreme approach to the children thing by infusing the sweets of England with a magical formula that turns our kids into mice. Everywhere I look, I see the repulsive sight of hundreds The only people that stand in their way are an orphaned boy with mice of his own and a cigar-smoking grandma who likes nothing more than fucking up witches. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma, it's me, Luke. Luke. They turned me into a mouse. Oh, my. It was the Grand High Witch. Join Luke on his remarkable journey. Now, the witches are on his tail. Whoa. 
and he must scurry around their evil plots. Squeak past every danger. Finally setting the trap that will save the world from the witches. You are in for a treat. We must stop them. So, Alex yeah. and Vicky, yeah. did you grow up on rolled dial books, Vicky? Yes. Me and my mum once had a screaming row in Morrison's in Blackburn in the book section because I, w- I just refused to read anything else. And she just had a meltdown because I was a good reader and she wanted me to expand my horizons. And I was like, no, I want to read The Witches again. And she <laughs> was just like lobbing books at me. From, what about this? What about this? And I was like, no. So we had a, I, it's implanted in my brain that we had a huge row about how much Roald Dahl I was reading to the exclusion of all else. Amazing. There's, there's not too much Roald Dahl, though. I'm, no, I know. <laughs> I'm exactly the same as you. The, uh, the only one I don't think I ever read was The Secret to Boy, Going Solo, where mm-hmm. he was, it was adult autobiography yeah. thing. I didn't read that one, uh, but everything else I read, I even read, and there is one really shit Roald Dahl book, and I even read it, Danny the Champion of the World. And that is not, are you mad? It's shit. It's not it's shit. Awful. Pheasant poaching as with, a theme. With the reasons. In... <laughs> I'm not, not a fan. Not a fan of Danny the Champion of the World. So we won't be doing the film version of that on the podcast. Is it? There might be. Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah, we Jeremy watched Irons, it at school. It? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a lesson. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved uh, loved Roald Dahl. I love The Witches especially. It was one of my favourites. So I'm guessing from the sounds of it, you both read the book before you saw the film. Yes. Yes. I knew that because I worked it out when I was watching this. So my granddad's second wife uh, was a woman called Jean and she had very very long fingernails <laughs> and she always wore dark sunglasses so you could not see her eyes and one day we got out of the car on a windy day and her fucking wig blew off I swear he, she was wearing a wig it blew off she had some sort of I guess a hairnet holding down whatever her real hair was underneath from that day forth which Oh, I oh, feel Jean. sorry for her. Yeah, why she was so, she was was she a nice her. was she a nice lady? She was a witch. Oh no! <laughs> no, did you not see the movie we just watched this week? She was a witch. They're bad. They're bad. They're terrible, terrible witches. Did she ever try and give you sweets after you'd made this uh, decision? No, I stayed well clear of her. She was often upstairs. I was downstairs, and then we'd That's switch the around. You've got to keep your distance from a witch. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into talking about uh, the film in a sec. The book was originally published in 1983. Um, It won awards and became one of the best-selling children's books of all time. It was criticised for misogyny. Mm. Uh, Feminist writer Catherine Itzin claimed it teaches boys to become men who hate women. Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I saw that same quote. And I think, honestly, you're going to be surprised. I think she's almost right. It teaches boys to become men who hate witches, who hate witches. So she's very close, but it's witches. Here's one of the key quotes from the book that got rolled into trouble. He says, I do not wish to speak badly about women. Most women are lovely. But the fact remains that all witches are women. Oh, no. (laughs) There is no such thing as a male witch. Uh, Conversely, I wanted to, you know, present both sides. I found um, an author called Caroline Kepnes um, views it as an hilarious feminist commentary on women, work and family, where men are ineffective and women possess more power. Okay. Yeah. I mean... Saw it as a movie about witches. Yeah, I'm with Alex on this. This didn't make me hate women. It made me hate witches. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't scared of women. Yeah, I just. I read that quote and I was like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be brought up. And I thought Victoria's going to bring it up. No, no, because that's the first time I'd ever been exposed to that when I was doing research for this film. Mm, I, when I read the book, I wasn't like, oh, right. here we go again, <laughs> little six-year-old me. Fuck's sake, roll doll. I was just like, yeah, witches, they're real and they're awful. And then saw the film and it's only this time. Some of the language sticks a bit. And that quote that Chris has just read isn't even in the film. But if it had been, obviously it would have hit the roof. But I didn't see it like that. And I I have read more about Roald Dahl's life since. And he he may have had a few challenges around his relationships with women. but... But you can do it. I mean, you can find... An argument for almost any film. No, you can't. Dracula. You could go, Dracula, you've got to be wary of... Uh, I think, those, Alex, uh, it's a broad Eastern, statement, it? almost Eastern, any film. <laughs> Eastern Europeans coming over here, taking our women. You could do that with Dracula. I'm saying you can make up a stupid argument for any film. Sure, and, and he does say most women right. are lovely, so... <laughs> 
I think he's covered himself off there. Uh, so for the film version, uh, we got a combination of Roald Dahl and Jim Henson and Nick Rogue, which is mad to combine those three <laughs> yeah. things. If you've ever watched any Nick Rogue films, we talked about Don't Look Now on the Wicker Man episode, one of maybe my favourite horror film of all time. His films are dark mm. and messed up and challenging and... He's just maybe the last person you'd expect to do a kids' film beyond David Lynch, basically. It's, it's, his films are the stuff of nightmares, huh. which is maybe why he was the right man to do this. But didn't Jim Henson pick him for that reason? He was like, because he was Nick Rogue by this point. He'd hit the skids a little bit with sure. his film career. And Jim, Jim Henson went, no, oh, that's, the, that's, that's the guy to fuck up an entire generation. Yeah, totally. And, and it, I, I got a quote from Rogue in his autobiography, um, he talks about the witches as an example of the power of filmed images over pictures or words. He says, Roald Dahl's book was rather creepy, but it had very simple, sweet, charming drawings in it so that the children wouldn't get too frightened. If a parent were reading the story to a child and saw the child getting nervous about it or upset, they could shut the book. But once you take someone to the cinema and put them in a seat, you frighten the bejesus out of them. Isn't that a brilliant quote? I saw the same quote and I was like... I'd never thought about literature versus cinema mm. in that respect. The idea that you can stop reading a book or have someone stop reading a book to you. But when you're in the cinema, I mean, sure, you can close your eyes, but you become Alex from Clockwork Orange. You, yeah. are, you have to endure the experience. Yeah. And I can, I can remember, I've talked about it before, but having, literally having to leave the cinema in Superman 3 because I was so, I was so frightened of that robot woman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that th- there is no you, escape. You can leave the cinema. You can leave the cinema. <laughs> but it's quite, an extreme, it's quite extreme, though, to do yeah. that. That's, that is the equivalent of shutting a book. You can, you can walk out of this right, cinema. So what we say is this quote is wrong. <laughs> Um, all, all, the only other thing I've really got is a list of people that might have played the Grand High Witch. I don't know how true the list is, but I like, I just like the names. So we've got Cher. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Eartha Kitt. Okay. Uh, Helen Mirren. No. Oh, Anne Bancroft. Okay. She would have been good. Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Faye Dunaway. Yes. Susan Sarandon. No. Jodie Foster. No. And my personal favourite, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> you could keep those uh, casting meetings a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah, Liza, no. Yeah. no. Jodie, out of here. Um, I guess we'll get on to talking about how much this film terrorised you when you were a kid, but should we talk about it? Should we get into it? Yeah. Um, so we're kicking off with Act One and we're in Norway. Yeah. So is the book in Norway? It starts in Norway. It does it? So there's so yes. much I'd forgotten about the book. And so it did colour my viewing of the film a little bit. When I watched the film when I was younger, all I remember thinking was I was so pleased about how true to the book it was with with few major exceptions. But it mm. felt like the book. Like, it, uh, the tone felt right. But the whole Norway thing I'd massively forgotten about. I mean, it is a really strange opening shot, though. Because yeah. it, uh, none of it is set in the fjords of Norway. And yet you get the, the, the opening shot is this long flyover, the mountains of Norway. And I guess it's a scene set, but it's sort of unrelated to anything else in the story. Yeah, yeah they've made the boy American rather than English. Yes. Unnecessary. Um, but fine. Uh, and then we meet Grandma Exposition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You love it because it, it. We'll get into this. It is a faithful adaptation of the book, perhaps on occasion <laughs> a little too faithful. It is Grandma reading The Witches <laughs> to you in a movie. It means we get a long period of narration. Uh, Grandma explains that witches are all around us. They could be living next door. Uh, they could be the kind lady that you passed in the street. You've got to look for the purple tinge in their eyes. Um, and they don't have toes, so they wear sensible shoes, as she puts it. Um, and they uh, hate children. Um a reading of this is it's a comment on the aesthetic rules and impossible beauty standards imposed on women by society and how men fear and criticise those who don't conform. Correct. Yep. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, as Alex pointed out, they have a highly developed sense of smell. Mm. The cleaner you are, the more they can smell you. It's interesting that because that reminds me, remember in school when nits went round mm. and kids had nits and the teachers always used to go, nits like clean hair. So if you have got nits, 
it's because you've got really clean hair and you clean your hair regularly. Bullshit. That is absolute nonsense. <laughs> it is. Nonsense. It's nonsense. Nits like fucking hair and they love dirty hair. Like It's, it's basically saving the blushes of these children by going, it's because you had clean hair. It is weird though, isn't it? Because why don't they just say, look, everyone's going to get, if someone's got them, you're all going to get them. So mm. don't worry about it. It doesn't mean anything. I'm mm. not marking you out for shame. But well, it, it, but it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like we're going to get onto the witch trials in the next episode. Yeah. But it's, it's literally to save the first First kid, like case zero of nits <laughs> from really embarrassing, like having like their their entire life being you're the nits kid by going, but they had the cleanest hair. Do you get a sense that Alex might have been the nits kid? <laughs> I was nits kid. I was case zero. <laughs> oh, he's got such lovely hair now. Um, we find out that the a witch took grandma's finger. Yeah. Um, and the witches also took a little girl called Erica. Yeah. Now this is messed up. Yes. Because Erica has been trapped in a painting for her whole life by a witch. She's aged in the painting. Her family have had to watch her age in the painting and then one morning she's just gone. But the thing is, Quentin Blake's illustrations of that are all so terrifying. Mm. Like they, The Nick Rogue version is better and more scary, but the, the drawings aren't like all... unicorns and rainbows no. either. It's a, it's, a, it's a genuinely horrific concept. Yeah. I used to think so. And on watching it this time, Mm -hmm. I was like, so she moves around the painting and sometimes she's in the house looking out of the window. Sometimes she's feeding the ducks. Yeah, it seems quite peaceful. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) right now, I would take that. I felt like that. I was like, the simplicity of that life. So relaxing. I'd have that. Just growing old, feeding ducks, staring out of the world from your little farmhouse. Very picturesque as well. I thought it was quite nice. Mm. And we are, we do get horror in the real world because the hits keep coming uh, now. Uh, we find Grandma crying and that's because, um, what's his name? Is it Luke? Luke. Luke's parents have been killed. So does that happen in the book as well? Because that's so brutal. I know he's an orphan in the book, but I thought it opened and he was an orphan. So, in the book, he is in the car with his parents when are it crashes. Are you joking? No. <laughs> oh no, they made, it, they made it less horrific. Oh my God. I thought they all sat around like, how can we really dial this up? Yeah, you should basically see it happen. But they toned it down. That's mm. madness. Not that I'm trying to put a positive spin on everything that happens in this movie, but his parents dying in that car accident did save them from having to see his truly terrible drawings. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's done them some welcome back drawings. Oh, duh. Not a natural artist. <laughs> not, not a natural artist, Luke. <laughs> Luke, but he loves a, ma- a mouse. We learned that he's yeah. a he's a big fan of mice. That's going to come back. Um, <laughs> uh, after his parents died, I head to England, um, and he's playing in his treehouse when a witch shows up. Mm. Bit weird, this. I think like the snake. Yeah, obviously I don't like snakes, but I still even if you like snakes, I think it's a weird thing trying to lure a child with a snake. Traditionally, it's sweets. I get I get the sweets thing, but come and have a look at the snake in my handbag. Is is what's it? What's she thinking? It's no wonder at the meeting Angelica Houston goes. What the fuck is wrong with you witches in this country? Are you still using snakes to lure children She's, down? She starts with a snake and then offers him a bar of chocolate. Do it the other way round, if anything. Lead with the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, but did a uh, bit of an Easter egg, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, because the uh, chocolate is wrapped in like a oh, gold, the gold wrapper. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wrapper. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, and we find out that Granny's sick with diabetes. Mm. It's just quite random, isn't it? Yeah, the, but does the doctor says, I'm afraid you have a mild case of diabetes. It's like, is it? Do you get mild cases? <laughs> I thought you had it or you didn't have it. Yeah. Like, and type 2 diabetes, you can diet yourself out of. Is that what she's yeah, got? Yeah, I but think that's what he means. Okay. There's diabetes that you're going to die. There's diabetes yeah, where you can Yeah, because type just... 1, you've got that. Mm. And then the seaside isn't going to cure you of that. And it's not only you who's got a problem with that doctor's diagnosis, because uh, Luke doesn't wait for her to leave the room before he goes, why is it the doctors always speak to people like babies? <laughs> she's, she's in the corridor, Luke. She is in earshot. <laughs> and that is, you're a rude child for doing that. In the book, though, it's pneumonia. She doesn't have diabetes in the book. That makes more sense mm. because then the sea air would be good for her lungs. Right. And, okay. I mean, it could it could have been anything. Like she's got to quit the cigars. 
Make it cigar related. Yeah, but the doctor, even the doctor doesn't see. She's like, well, that, that won't do you any good. And it's like, granny, like that's a massive cigar. But the doctor doesn't. I mean, it was just back in the day, wasn't it? You just did, I, no one gave a shit. She looks like a fucking badass. She does. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It, she does. If they remake the A Team, but that's you know, <laughs> that's the kind of look you want for the new Hannibal Smith. One she, one missing finger, cigar. Bed jacket. <laughs> <laughs> when he's in disguise, yes. She's actually really good, isn't she? That one that plays the grandma. Yeah, she's brilliant. I have no idea what her name is. I'm just looking her up. Ah, my Zetterling is the actress. Helga. Really good. So um, they've got to head down to Hotel Excelsior. 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 <laughs> the Excel Centre. Excelsior. It's always good to be here when you discover a new word, Chris. That's amazing. So are we are we settling on Excelsior? So they head to a hotel on the coast. <laughs> a real hotel as well. Is it really called that? No, it's called the Hotel Headland and um, it's in Torquay. Lovely. And I went on the website and their current website is, because it's coming up to Halloween, uh, a picture of witches flying around the hotel and oh, they're very nice. proud of their legacy yeah. as the hotel where the witches was filmed. Uh, we quickly meet a couple of important characters, uh, starting off with Bruno Jenkins. Um, how much pocket money do you get? My dad's rich, but he's very tight. <laughs> Bruno Jenkins is amazing. Yeah. All he cares about is food. Yeah. Um, which makes him a little bit like Augustus Gloop. Do yeah. you not think? Are we not going over old territory here and a little bit? in Matilda, the chocolate cake scene. Do you remember that? Like, Roald Dahl's got an issue with um, kids eating too much. Mm. He, he he does food. He is to food horror what Cronenberg is to body horror. <laughs> but it's good because his the fact that he just cares about food is great. Because when he gets turned into a mouse, he's just like pretty pretty chill. I'm just yeah. like food is bigger now. <laughs> this is good, which is great because if either of the kids, obviously it's not going to happen to Luke because he's our hero. But if Bruno was like. The fucking hell, I'm a mouse. It would ruin it. So mm. you need him to have something else that is his priority over being a rodent. <laughs> and we meet the hotel manager, Mr. Stringer, played by Rowan Atkinson, uh, channeling Basil Fawlty. Question. What do you think of Rowan Atkinson in this movie? Because I think it's kind of amazing that he is in this movie and he's not funny. Like, I don't find him funny in this film. And I think it's a real challenge to make Rowan Atkinson not funny. Yeah, it's weird. And I think the film came out around the same month that Mr. Bean debuted on the telly. Right. And I don't know. He's almost he's dressed kind of Mr. Bean-y in it. And yeah. I, I don't know if I'm expecting him to be Mr. Bean, but he's more. He said he wanted to give a performance like his hero, John Cleese. But it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really work. In what? In here, playing the hotel manager. <laughs> no. What had he seen John Cleese in? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see what he did there. Right. Yeah, no, I just think he's sort of it's a bit middle ground, isn't it? It's sort of he's he's playing a role, but he's neither he's neither Edmund Blackadder or Mr. Bean. Mm. Not that he has to be, but it's sort of it's a very sort of it's just a he's just a, a sort of vaguely amusing actor. Well I feel like you should have more of him doing mouse hunts and less of him trying to have sex with one <laughs> that, of his employees. That woman who's just in bits mm. all the time. It's like, what's that doing here? That doesn't need to be here. Did not remember that. No, no. me neither. It's just so weird. They sort of allude to it and then they just basically come out and basically say it, what's going on, that he's just shagged her in that room and yep. it's like, we don't need this in The Witches. And also it doesn't really fit with his character because... He is supposed to be this very, like, uptight hotel manager. There are no rats here. Like, Mr. Perfect. If you're that character, you probably aren't boinking, hello, Victoria, <laughs> the maid in the laundry closet. I just don't think the two things go together. No, they don't gel. Yeah. No, it doesn't really work. Uh, and when uh, everyone's arriving at the hotel, we've also got the Fifth National Convention <laughs> of the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children which are our witches. We meet Grand High Witch Eva Ernst and her thick German accent. Another question. Is she German in the book? I, can't I don't know That's off the top I... of my head. I think she is German in the book because I don't think it's a coincidence he's picked a German person yeah. to be overseeing a child genocide, I think. It's such... I think that weighs heavily on Roald Dahl. On his mind. Uh, yes, yes, and I think, yeah. That's what is going on here. Okay. Um, and we know she's evil because she puts sugar in grandma's tea. I'm so pleased you oh, I said miss that. Her. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I I was really puzzled by this bit. So when grandma it's not only that. First of all she picks up a tuna sandwich mm. and tries the tuna sandwich and goes, "Oh, 
fish paste. Yeah. And I'm like, well, cheap hotel. This is a joke about Rowan Atkinson. It's not because then she has the tea and it's sugary and with her diabetes. And it is basically the Grand High Witch doing a really shit spell where she turns tuna into fish paste <laughs> and puts sugar in her tea. All in all... These witches aren't very good. I think that's what you take from this film. One of them pulls a snake out of a bag to lure a child, and the other one goes, have a load of this. Ooh, fish paste. It's like, what are you doing? You're the grand eye witch. And we're going to take a break now, but we're going to come back in the ballroom. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. So, uh, yeah, as I said, we are in the ballroom. This is a big scene in the film where we meet all the witches, um, quite a few of whom are men. They are. That's the first time I'd noticed that. (laughs) And I did not notice that, which is worrying. Yeah, there's quite a lot of them. And they're front and centre as well. Like he, obviously, I don't know if they ran out of money for bald caps. I don't know. But there's a lot of men, bald men in that room in a in a frock hmm. and I thought okay fine mate you've run out of money so you just like guys is anyone naturally bald can you sit in here because whatever <laughs> but then they're at the front and they've not you know the no effort really has been made to hide them from shot and just use them as filler so it's on purpose it's on purpose yeah 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 so I thought maybe that was Nick Rogue's way of sort of circumventing the oh we hate women mm. thing because he's got some Man witches. Yeah. And they're very clear they're, they're very they're very clearly men, so you didn't you haven't clocked it. First of all, I was laughing at man witch. Match. But, <laughs> man, match. But also I genuinely didn't notice at all. Yeah. There's fucking loads There's of a lot. them. I, I counted at least about <laughs> nine or ten. Don't see gender. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't notice. That's crazy. Yeah, and they look even more like men when they remove their shoes and wigs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and their gloves. And then their they skin. would do, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it's kind of, we've got Nick Rogue's nightmare vision of it all. The witches are closing in on us from all angles, drooling and clacking their rotten teeth. And we've got these handheld POV shots and these extreme close-ups and these Dutch angles. And it's just this waking nightmare of grotesqueries, um, including the Grand High Witch, whose chin looks like a hairy bum. So... <laughs> I'm going to just say it. I think, because I have seen this movie before as a child, and I think I had blocked out my memory of this. I think my brain went into survival mode and blocked out my memory of Angelica Houston taking her skin mask off Mm. because it shocked me so much watching it this time. I couldn't remember it at all. It's horrible. It's so awful. 
it's 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 done well because she starts to pull it down mm. and you see that little sliver of flesh mm. across the top. And then rather than like ripping off an elastoplast and you're like, get it over with, get this over with. She goes, oh, is the door locked? And then you go <laughs> watch a witch go, yeah, it's locked. And only then does she go, oh, look at the state of me. Fucking hell. I'm a massive lizard rat thing. I hated it. I didn't find it that scary this time. I thought the mouse stuff was was really frightening, mm. which I didn't think when I was a child. I was like, "Ah, look, Bruno's a mouse!" But this time, the shaking and the the vibrating—it's it scared the shit out of me. The only thing she they didn't adopt from the book is that in the book, the witch's spit is blue, okay, and they use it as ink. <laughs> Quite clever. <laughs> um, and we hear the grand witch's plan, um, which is that every child in England shall be rubbed out, eliminated. So the witches must resign from their jobs and open sweet shops. They've got to announce a gala opening with free sweets, and those sweets will be treated with magic formula 86, which turns the children into a mouse two hours later. Um, There's a lot of that, isn't there? There's a lot of timing in this. So, <laughs> yeah. So just... Just for later in the movie, five drops and it'll do it right now. Two drops and it'll happen in two hours. If you give it one and a half a drop, then it has a meal. It'll happen in 37 minutes. I think it's minutes. definitely from the book, because I seem to remember in the book, I think when they're making that, when she explains how you make the, the formula, you have to put an alarm clock in there, in the formula, to melt uh. it down, and that's how you do the alarm. Um, it, so they they turn into mice in the film. In the book, they're not just turned into mice. Uh, the witches have turned kids into other things, including a dolphin... A stone and an egg. <laughs> a stone. A stone. Isn't that horrible? I think an egg is worse than a stone. <laughs> Who's? I think maybe the parents eat the egg as well, or something. Oh, <laughs> it's classic, classic roll doll. <laughs> um, and then, as Vicky said, Bruno Jenkins uh, is turned into a mouse. His his um, his greed is his comeuppance, and um, yeah, chilling watching a boy. Turned into a mouse. It's uh, horrible as well. It's the, the mouth opens too wide. It's all that body dysmorphia. Mm. Uh, they also find Luke at this time. Uh, there's a chase, and then the Grand High Witch pushes a baby in a pram I down a hill. That, I couldn't believe it. She's. I don't. Again, I don't remember that being in the book. It might be in the book. It probably fucking is. Probably in the book, the baby just smashes against the rocks, and everyone goes, "Oh well, never mind." And the rock is a child. <laughs> but it's just so awful. This mom having a cheeky nap, and then Angelica Houston's like. Bye. <laughs> it's just dreadful. But then Luke steps in and obviously saves the day and reveals himself at the process. Because up until then, he has been... This is my first time in the movie where I'm like, God damn, Luke is resourceful. Because yeah. when they're chasing him, he does not skip a beat. When he's in that room mm. and like he's like, the witches are after me, picks up a chair straight through the pane glass of that door. Like He doesn't even check whether it's unlocked. He just like... <laughs> Fucking kicks the chair straight through it, and he's out. I was like, try the handle. Try the handle. Just go like that. He's. It's like he knows if someone goes, you, you kind of threw a chair through an unlocked door. He'll be like, which is chasing me. So, God, that's all right this time. But he does get caught saving the baby, and he himself is turned into a mouse. And then we're into Act Three already. We've got a pair of puppet mice. Can um, we speak about so? Have you? Who did the filming of the real mice? And you know when Grandma dangles an, an oven glove out of the window? Is that Nick Rogue, like from Don't Look Now, to filming a fucking oven glove out of a window and a pet mouse running through some skirting boards? Please don't let it have been him. No. Why? Well, what's wrong with that? I just can you just just imagine you're that man and you're like, right? Can someone get these fucking mice on set now, please? Right, mice, go. What do you clap at them? Like, what do you do? Set a cat. Well, you have the, the trainers, the mice trainers will be doing that. I just think it's a job for a first AD, but maybe he was like... In, maybe it was. I don't, have, I don't have that information to hand. <laughs> okay. I just think it would be a fun thing to watch yeah. him just being like, mice, can we just... Like, we didn't have this with fucking Julie Christie. Well, <laughs> I think he'd have... People would go, Nick, have you gone mad? If he actually went, mice, so let me talk you through this scene. What I'm going to need you to do... What I normally do here is... Can we talk more about Grandma and when she finds out that... Uh, that her son, her grandson rather, is a mouse. Oh, I love this bit when she's she says to him, "What happened?" And he says, "They turned me into a mouse." <laughs> it's like that's perfect writing because that's how children talk. She's not saying what happened; she can see what happened. Well, that is how children talk. Her second question at that point, having her grandson just go, "They turned me into a mouse," she goes, 
So the Grand High Witch is here. More, more, more time should be spent on your grandson now being a, a mouse. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mortal enemy, yeah. the Grand High Witch. Yo, I am a mouse. She's here in this. A mouse. This hotel. We must come up with it. I'm a fucking mouse. Oh, he's so I, cute. Though. I think all the way through this film, though, everyone is very chill about very strange things happening. Yes. No one really bats an eyelid um, when there's magic yeah. in the air. Um, and that continues to happen. Um, we've got Luke is attacked by Liebchen the cat. Um, and then and then the film kind of turns into Ratatouille a bit, or Ratatouille turned into this, where you've mm. got mice running around a kitchen and the chef's all... Do you know what Liebchen means? The cat is oh, called Liebchen. Oh, I'm so glad someone looked it up. No, what does it love something? Very close. Uh, it means sweetheart. Oh, that's nice. But I, it's unclear whether that she's named the cat sweetheart or she just calls it sweetheart affectionately. But she keeps going, sweetheart, oh, yeah. sweetheart, that's sweetheart. Nice. I don't think sweetheart's a great name for a cat, but then I can't speak. I named my first cat Puss. So <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> Genuinely. Um, I didn't think it was a lie. <laughs> I, just, I was going, push, push. And then I was like, I guess that was what Fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> why why waste my breath? <laughs> <laughs> it seems to respond well to push, push. So it can be push. Has anyone had uh, cockaliki? Yes. Is it nice? No. It's <laughs> watery, thin, horrible soup. The whole hotel... I was just trauma, like sort of like a trauma of like childhood holidays. Like they're like, let's go to the seaside. It's like God, it looks horrible. And then so the hotel, they're sweet. Grandma and Luke's sweet in the hotel. It's like Nick Rogue has never stayed in an English hotel because we do not have suites <laughs> like that. Not not now. Not then. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to act as uh, a spokesman. <laughs> It's impossible. Uh, we, we know that by now. Uh, the Headland Hotel, uh, where this was shot, is actually a double five star hotel. Really? Uh, and I'm, I'm just saying, so actually the suites there are probably a lot like that. Yeah. And if anyone from the Headland Hotel is listening... And would like to prove that. I would love uh, uh, to stay. There. In fact, yeah. we'd love to do a live show in the ballroom. Well, yes, we would. <laughs> we, wouldn't, we wouldn't lock everyone in. Yeah. But if that's, <laughs> not, have to. if that's not an option, I'll just take a room. Whichever works for you guys. <laughs> but as I said, so everyone's pretty chill about what's happening. Bruno puts a very positive spin on his situation. No more school, no more homework. Mm. I'll live in the kitchen cupboard. Bruno's parents don't seem that chill, though. <laughs> no. Uh, Bill Patterson, the man who did not want the Cockaliki plays the dad and he's he's a little stress monkey. There's such a brilliant bit where I think it's an ad lib and he's muttering he's like this place is a fucking nightmare at least I've got some crest soup. (laughs) (laughs) So brilliant. (laughs) But he only wants the crest soup because they've got the crest soup. His soup was probably nicer it's just like he wants to be treated like those people. Yeah I would say I've had both and crest soup is horrible. I don't think I've ever had crest soup. It's peppery not nice. No? No. You probably need a lot of crest to make Spucking crest soup. tons of the stuff. <laughs> like a field of crest. <laughs> For one bowl of one soup. bowl of soup. That's probably why it's quite, it's quite sought after, because the amount of, the amount of the land, labor, land, land space water. you have <laughs> yeah. to commit In to making of, yeah, one bowl of natural soup. Natural resources. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a heavy hitter. Sure. <laughs> wow. But there is poison in the soup uh, that will turn the witches into mice. And again, everyone is pretty chill with this. The people that are sitting in the restaurant, the people that work at the restaurant, they're watching women turn into mice and their first reaction is to kill the mice. Yeah, that's true. No one says... No one bats an eye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> We're going to kill those women? But I don't think... I think at that point, if you put yourself in that situation... I don't think at that point you are equating the idea that these women have become the mice. You've seen these women going, like, having these weird seizures and then mice appear. I don't think you go, well, the women are obviously the mice now. I, yeah. I, I better not kill them. But that's why no one ever goes, where have all those women gone? <laughs> <laughs> Literally 60 women. Some of them were men. You've never walked into a bar with Chris. <laughs> oh, wow. What? That is horrible. But it's- you shouldn't, be per- shouldn't get personal. Because it hurts because it's true. <laughs> but it's so quick, though. <laughs> um, but then... That's the end of the film, pretty much. Um, Luke goes back home and ha- is living a pretty awesome life as a mouse in his sort of a Lego wonderland that his, his grandma must have put together for him. Bit of a nostalgia hit, old school Lego there before it was all branded. Little bit of space Lego from yesteryear. Blacktrons were what they were called, the evil space people. It's great. I like to see that. Um, they get All the witch money gets delivered to their house and so they're going to use that to go witch hunting in America. Um, 
And Luke even says, I'm, I'm really am happy to be a mouse, you know. And so we would be fine with that ending, wouldn't we? Yes, we would. But Miss Irvine, who I haven't mentioned, played by Jane Horrocks, um, she arrives <laughs> at the house and she was like a witch who was maybe bad but had now turned good. And she turns him back into a boy, a naked boy. Um, <laughs> um, so this is famously uh, the ending was changed. So Roald Dahl was furious to discover that Dim- Jim Henson planned to change his ending. He fired off an incense letter to Henson who offered a compromise. They'd shoot two versions of the ending and see which played better. While the film was being edited, Dahl saw an early cut with his original ending intact where the boy stays a mouse and the final scene moved him to tears. As it should. Um, When he learned that Henson and Rogue had decided to use the happy ending of the film's release, Dahl demanded his name be removed from the credits or he would start a publicity campaign against the film. Eventually, Henson convinced him to withdraw his threat. Um, Dahl called it utterly appalling and Henson called it a warm, wonderful, happy ending. So in the book, just in case uh, you haven't read the book, uh, at the very end of the book, the grandmother basically says to the boy, who is just called a boy in the book, he's a narrator, that he'll probably only live about another nine years as a mouse. But the boy doesn't mind because he doesn't want to outlive his grandmother because she's only going to live for about nine years more and he'd hate for anyone else to have to look after him. It's kind of fucking perfect. It's beautiful, mm. it's really. Great. It's yeah. a very good ending. And it's, you know, as a kid, it's like an exciting ending as well. Because you sit there thinking, oh, what would it be like if I spent the rest of my life as a mouse? Like, it's it's for your imagination. Yeah. Whereas this is just the, this is the Hollywood ending. It's But the, the problem with it is that it, it's just the cardinal rule. Uh, they break the cardinal rule of filmmaking, which you cannot introduce something brand new Mm. in the last reel of a movie to sort out all the problems. And a good witch turns up about literally 10 seconds after Grandma first introduces the concept of there being a good witch. When she says to Luke, Mm. maybe we'll find a good witch to turn you back into a boy. It's like, that's new information. Oh, look, there's one outside. And also, if you are going to do that, then Miss Irvine needs a bit more introduction earlier in the film where you understand that perhaps she's not totally happy with what the witches are doing. Maybe she has some leanings towards the idea of using witchcraft for good. All that happens is that Angelica Houston goes, you're not allowed to eat dinner with us. Fuck off. Mm. And she's like, I'm now a good witch. It's ridiculous. And it's Mm. still, even if they did that, a worse ending. Agreed. So we got the happy incorrect ending and we also considering this is considered to be one of the most effective horror films for kids um we could have got a lot worse version in his memoir nick rogue wrote i remember running some rushes from the witches to at home on vhs and one of my young sons started watching it and then ran round and sat behind the television set uh, because he was so frightened subsequently nick rogue edited out a lot of the stuff that was quite extraordinary to make the film less frightening so we've got quite a sanitised version of what he had planned. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that got put in back in, didn't it, eventually? for I think a lot was taken out for the theatrical cut and some of it, certainly some of it was put back in for the version we all watch now. Well, whatever, it, it didn't do much good. It killed both Jim Henson and Roald Dahl, this, this film did. They mm. both died in 1990. I don't think the film killed them. It sounds like it did. <laughs> it sounds like it did. And um, while it did okay in the UK, it it flopped in America. It was battered into submission by another film that was released that week. Do you know what the film was? I just know it wasn't Hocus Pocus, so I can sleep easy. What was it? Dark Man. What? Dark Man <laughs> destroyed the witches at the American box office. Not the movie. Really? Not the movie that beat the crow on the this movie very better than the crow. <laughs> idiotic. <laughs> that was a worse ending for you than the witches. <laughs> I just don't regard it as valid. <laughs> and yet it's still in the record book. Yeah, it stands. Um, but that's all I've kind of got for The Witches. We have a new version, which is hitting telly the day this podcast drops. Mm. Uh, and I think it's already been out in America maybe three or four days. And Hathaway, uh, isn't it? Yeah, Robert Zemeckis directing, no. Guillermo del Toro producing, Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer and Stanley Tucci starring. I do remember an interview with Zemeckis going back a little bit now uh, saying that he was going to honour the book, um, perhaps in a way that uh, Nicholas Rogue uh, did not. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that ending. Mm, I'll be very surprised if they don't keep keep him a boy, uh, keep him a mouse rather. I'd be very surprised if they do this. 
I think they'll still find a way for him to live on um, a little bit longer as a mouse if they keep him as a mouse. I think it's. I, I do think the idea of going. He's not just a mouse. He's going to be dead in nine years. No, because it's like I, I agree, but yeah, but it's the uh, it's like the Kirsten Dunst thing in Interview with the Vampire, mm. the Vampire. Um, because in the book, he's only going to live for short more nine more years. He'll always be a child, so he won't be. Because when Bruno says to him, "I'm a mouse," and so it's like he, she's got just her son forever, and then he'll die as a boy. And that's fine because he'll have fun and he can play in his, and then Luke can play in his Lego spaceship and you can stay a child. But if you become an adult man mouse, problems. Right. Do you see what I mean? Like, so oh, I so, do. I yeah. do because you've got the brain of a human man yeah. in the body of a mouse watching internet pornography, which is going to just... It's not made for you. It's <laughs> yeah. not. Oh. I mean, probably there's something you could find. But I mean, on some dark corner. <laughs> Wanking over Stuart Little. <laughs> oh, Oh no! Oh no! Look how upset I am. <laughs> but anyway, this film doesn't go there for obvious reasons. I'm now trying to work out porn titles for uh, a porn video starring Stuart Little. Uh, little by little, little. No, it doesn't quite work. Hang on. No. 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 Oh, Little's Wood. <laughs> <laughs> well, instead of little woods, little's wood. Oh, no, that's oh, brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Did they name many porn films after old department stores? <laughs> after bankrupt department stores. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what can you do for British home stores? <laughs> Nothing. Let's move on from this. Okay. Um, I want you to give me some fucking credit for little's wood. It's, it's really good. It's good. <sighs> that's Sam Pellegrino's doing you the world of good. <laughs> right. Uh, are we done? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was thinking of a little Red Riding Hood thing, but it's fine. Let's just get let's get onto the bits, Littles. shall we? <laughs> let's get onto the bits. Um, little little uh, riding, Littles riding. Alex, what was your favourite scene? <laughs> uh, my best scene. I kind of touched on it earlier. It is uh, the moment that Angelica Houston uh, pulls off her face for the first time, and you see what lurks beneath that beautiful visage. Um, I just, it's I'd forgotten it, and it's. It's startling. It's confusing as well. She's quite sexy before that. But that's why it's quite Sorry, fun. Yeah. It's quite it's fun. Up. The fact that she's this repulsive monster mm. and she still acts really sexy. Yeah, like, it's brilliant. Where mm. she's sort of massaging her cleavage yeah. with her long talons. She knows like. she's got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Vicky. So this is a bit of a weird one, but I do believe in my choice. So when Luke, when Grandma and Luke are leaving the hotel, Luke is a mouse and he gives Grandma a luggage label and says, do something with that. Mm-hmm. And the payoff is the hotel have posted the big trunk of money back to grandma. That's my favourite scene because it withholds information from the audience, which hasn't happened at this point at all, I don't think. So it's a very linear film in its narrative, but it also doesn't hide anything from us. It hides stuff from the characters, but doesn't hide it from us. And to have a little payoff like that that was a surprise, just for me, was a good lift at that point. Like I, and I like that. Like the, It's such a minor thing. But then it means when this suitcase of money turns up, you're like, yay, that's brilliant. And it was a lovely surprise. And the idea of all... The, it's ruined by the ending, but the idea of all these adventures they'll have with all this big trunk of cash is really uplifting. Good. Um, I'm with Alex, actually, uh, but I, I, I was sort of extending it to when we see all the witches remove their wigs and shoes and things. It's just, it, it properly is the stuff of nightmares and it stayed with me. Um, it's so effective. It's almost like, it reminded me of the way Sam Raimi would shoot a scene like that. Like the way he, the, what he does with the camera, it, it really has um, given me sleepless nights. So but that whole, that whole um, lecture sequence. Yeah. I mean, what's amazing is like this is a movie for kids, and Act Two, in almost its entirety, is a lecture. Mm. It's a woman talking to a crowd in a room, and that is your Act Two. Yeah. It's great. It's genius because it is so good and so gripping, and yet it's a woman going, "Let me tell you about this." MVW mm. uh, most valuable whatever Victoria. Um, the brown mouse that is Luke, the, the puppet mouse. I just think it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'd loved it so much. That's my answer. Excellent. Uh, Alex? For a different reason, but yeah, I just wrote, Jim Henson, the Jim Henson workshop, and indeed anyone who had any hand in the puppets and transformation effects, it's brilliant. I, I do think it's uh, some of the Henson workshop's most amazing and horrifying work ever. <laughs> Have you seen the behind-the-scenes stuff where they've got three sizes of mouse? They've got like a life-size one, an animatronic version, then a huge hand puppet version. It's really interesting watching him go through it all. I'll post that. 
is it interesting? Because it feels like you've just summed it up really, really, really succinctly, and I feel like I, I understand there are three it's, different it's, sizes it's, of mice now. But it's just fun seeing the the big one, the giant ones that's like half the size of him. It's so quite the, funny. Yeah, so, there's, there's a huge one like that big that's talk that does the talking. But is there a, is there one where someone is inside it like a suit? No. Okay. <laughs> it's a puppet. Oh, yeah. um, I have a lot of love. I should, I should probably watch that behind the scenes. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a lot of love for Bruno Jenkins and his interests and lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big fan of, of BJ, uh, but we've got to say Angelica Houston. One of us has, so I'm going to say it. Uh, she looks amazing. She is amazing. I, I gave a list of people, and yes, Cher would have been cool, but I can't imagine anyone else in this role. Um, and Anne Hathaway's got a work cut out. I think it would have been mm. cool to be because uh, apparently she was going out with Jack Nicholson at the time, and apparently he was like uh, kept uh, popping over to the hotel just to say hi and hanging around. I bet it was just a really, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jack Nicholson is in a big old hotel. Yeah. This is bringing back memories <laughs> of something. <laughs> and if you could change anything, what would you change, Alex? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, hands down, uh, the, the end. Uh, Roald Dahl was right. Nicholas Roeg and Jim Henson were wrong fact you do not do that ending you keep him as a mouse victoria agreed that's my yeah i've got that but i'm going to do another one then uh just to be different um there's obviously history between grandma and the grand high witch they allude to it without really going into it i think it would have been lovely to have a flashback uh to the grand high witch taking her finger (laughs) to just to make their story a bit richer and the climax a bit more satisfying totally true because she does, she goes, she goes, she goes, she is my mortal enemy for reasons I shall not explain. Mm. <laughs> it's like, why? Yeah. I think she's a bit obsessed with her. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the real villain That's here? That's what I'm saying. It's a woman. Uh... <laughs> Two women. <laughs> Most women. <laughs> And that's it. We're done. Okay. Um, do you potentially, Christopher, for our witchery shows, have a witchery themed quiz? Kind of witchery. I started off with a witch quiz, but it's turned into a Halloween quiz. Oh, that's fine. It's well, a Halloween quiz. I can handle that. And this is a very straightforward. Uh, I'm going to give Look you. A... Looking at me when he says Going to give you a question, and Does I'm going to give you. Stick up for you when he's like, you can't get women. Then <laughs> I'm going to give you multiple choice answers as well. Great. So. The word pagan comes from the Latin pagini, which means what? Does it mean devil, home dweller or godlike? Godlike. Home dweller. Alex is correct. Bollocks. <laughs> um, it originally had positive connotations. It meant home dweller or country person. Uh, of course it did, Victoria. <laughs> in what country did the carving of pumpkins originate? Was it Scotland, Ireland or England? Ireland. Uh, Scotland. It's Ireland. Two points to Alex. Of course it is, Victoria. Um, what <laughs> vegetable were jack-o'-lanterns made from before pumpkins? Turnip, marrow or potato? Potatoes! A <laughs> uh, turnip. Correct, it's turnip. <laughs> Of course it is, Victoria. <laughs> according, according to Irish folklore, a man called Jack O'Lantern was sentenced to roam the earth uh, with only a burning coal inside a carved up turnip to light his way. I really want you to make a Jack O'Lantern out of a potato this Halloween, Victoria. <laughs> kids, kids. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get to the shop, so uh, no pumpkins, but <laughs> bag of potatoes what have under we the always sink. Got? We've always got potatoes. Um, and short knives <laughs> so this is going to be perfect you won't know any different Just, has anyone got a tiny candle <laughs> I know it's like every Tuesday it's a match it's special it's a match tiny candle's a match <laughs> um, what did the word hallow originally mean saint scare or ancient um, 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 all hallows eve saints ancient Vicky's correct, it's Saints. Oh my God. She's back in the game. I'm not. What was Bram Stoker's original name for Dracula? Was it Count Wampir, Count Sandor, or Count Dasko? Count Sandor. Uh, Wampir. Correct, it's Wampir, which is mad. I, I never heard that before. No, I didn't That's know mad. that. I'm sure I read that on the Dracula shop. <laughs> so I was so confident. Uh, it's 3-2, so you are you really are back in the game. Oh, uh, two questions left. Uh, where is Transylvania? Is it Hungary, Romania. Bulgaria or Romania? Romania. Bulgaria. 
Just say Romania because it is. Well, yeah, I know, but you've already had Romania. It's but got... then we can both have it. All right, Romania as well then. Right, point each. Fine. <laughs> well done. Just for that, Victoria. Um, and finally, what is the fear of Halloween called? Is it Samhainophobia, Pogonophobia, or gynophobia. Samhainophonia. Ghost for, watch. For... <laughs> it's ghost watch. Ooh, I love ghost watch. It's fucking ghost watch. That's what the fear of Halloween is called. Ghost watch. Uh, the first one. Yes, you're both correct, which means <laughs> Alex wins. Uh, pogonophobia is fear of beards and gynophobia is fear of women. <laughs> okay. okay, well, there we go. Uh, both educational and fun uh, that I won. So... Uh, <laughs> Let's look ahead, shall we, very quickly uh, to uh, next week's shows because we suddenly say goodbye at this point. We'll have had Halloween on Saturday, which I'm very much looking forward to, the greatest festival of the year. So we resume normal service on the podcast. It's my picks next week. Here is your clue for my picks next week. Fallen down. Mm, That's it. Fallen down. Excellent. Short clue. Excellent. Short clue. Uh, right, uh, do please keep in touch with us on Twitter. If you have not done already, join, I'm going to call it a party, because it is, at ClashPod on Twitter. And, and if you could take the time to rate and review us and indeed subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify or other, it is massively appreciated. We are back on Thursday for some Hocus Pocus. Till then, bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-